0: Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You kissed me! Nobody do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling.
1: With the
2: road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John
1: Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 1063, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Yeah. Wrestling fans, welcome to another edition of the finishing move on Extra 1063. Big John Radcliffe, and as we do every week, it is time to take roll. Chris Colwell. Present. Adam Gillespie. Road Dog. Oh. Road Dog. Honestly, though, I can't pick on him about it. Road Dog has been doing yeoman's work around here today. As uh, it, for those of you who don't know, Road Dog is one of our chief engineers and remote techs here. And when they are on the road, he is the guy that gets them connected. So he might actually be breaking down some stuff somewhere. And it's kind of a little warm when I saw him. He looked a little flushed and flustered. I know
0: I don't see him hydrate all that well. So you'd hope somebody maybe gave him a water bottle or a Powerade or some something to help him with that. But I don't know. I mean, the man, you know. Does he take care of himself? I don't know. I don't keep tabs on him like that.
1: So we took a poll back here at the studio, Chris, as Chris is okay. remote from home, and uh, we've come to the conclusion that if he has passed out somewhere, you are going to have to drive up here and give him CPR. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that last part. You broke up a little bit, sir. Uh, I, Christopher Colwell, if Adam Gillespie has passed out somewhere within the building. We've come to the conclusion, to, and taking a vote up here in the office, that uh, you will have to come up here and give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and bring uh, him back to life. So, yeah. what's our first topic today, sir? Boy, you're
0: just gonna let our, our, our teammate just go into the light like that, huh? I mean, I feel like there's, you know, somebody maybe with prior training that could do that a lot better than me. No. I'm just saying. Well, we'll go with that, and hopefully you're right. Hopefully, that's we'll the, Obviously, different. that's what the problem with that scenario is. <laughs> if that's
1: the way out, you're going to find we'll go with that. Um, okay, whatever. <laughs> one of the problems that I am finding as you know, we're going to start off talking about tag team wrestling. We talk about it. We harp about it because obviously we're, well, most times we're a tag team here on the show. And one of the things I have is the tag team division, as AEW, we've seen a new tag team join them, FTR, and for what everyone thought was actually, kudos to Tony Schiavone for actually saying it, uh, bleep the revival, it does not stand for that. It stands for Follow the Rules, and I love the segment that they did, where basically they called out all and gave a quick assessment of all the tag teams, and even kind of you know, pulled, the, pulled the curtain back and saying, you know, when you mention the Young Bucks... You have to mention us, and when you mention us, you have to mention the Young Bucks. Now, one of the things that was intriguing about that is currently in AEW, as we all know, their tag team tag team champions technically aren't a tag team. They are two guys that have been put together that are working together, so it is kind of intriguing that where you have these other true tag teams that exist, they don't have that there, but now we get to see some tag teams and maybe even some more tag team action from AEW.
0: Oh, absolutely. You've got more legitimate, normal taxis, but you do have to make the argument for Hangman and Omega that, okay, they are part of the elite, so there is that connection. And the fact that they've been teaming, I mean, they were teaming months before they ever won the titles, uh, kind of pretty much right after the, the launch of Dynamite. So they've kind of been a team for, they're just not, they don't have the big team name. They don't match when they come out. They don't have, you know, the same entrance when they don't have the same theme music. They're they're not a team in that sense, but yet they are. They've been teaming long enough that you almost, it's almost like the bar, you know, with Sheamus and Cesaro. It's just, they teamed for so long after a while, it was just kind of like, okay, now they are a team. So, yeah, but comparatively that sense- to
1: the bar with, with Hangman and uh, Kenny Omega, I mean, you said it there were a couple of months. The bar was some years and, and that was on again, off again. And when you talk about, you know, the landscape of AEW's tag team, the Young Bucks, obviously, they were a tag team, not only just by teaming together and going into wrestling, but by birth. Uh, but when you look at FTR, <laughs> true. it's been years. The Lucha Bros, years. When you look at... uh. Uh, Butcher and the Blade, I mean, these are teams that have been together, whether it be in AEW, whether it be in other companies, they've been together for some time, and we know Omega and uh, Hangman have worked together, but but to their point, they're right. Are they a true tag team? They lose the titles? I don't foresee them continuing on.
0: No, and I, I would imagine that as soon as they do lose the title, something's going to happen there where one turns on the other. Who knows which one that'll happen? And you'll see both guys really become, you know, breakout singles guys, which I think we were all kind of shocked at, especially after Hangman got the, the initial AEW, well, not the title shot, but he was in the match to crown the inaugural AEW World Champion. And he hasn't had, been a singles guy since. And it's kind of weird that he found himself in that that area when we know he's got the ability to be a breakout singles guy. We know Omega can be that guy. He's the best bout machine for Pete's sake. But, I mean, you know, the, they, they, found, uh, they decided to put these guys in this position because you looked at some of these up-and-coming guys like a Darby Allen or an MJF that really you wanted to give that singles spotlight to and you didn't want to overcrowd it you know, the single domain the heavyweight division with all the elite guys. So you kind of throw them off into the tag team ranks, uh, uh, being Omega and hangman, just to give, just to spread out the roster a little bit and help bring up the people that maybe aren't on, weren't quite on that level of the elite, make them equal. So that when these big matches happen down the road, they mean more because the guys that have been elevated, your Darby's of the world, MJF, uh, you know the loot, Lucha, or not necessarily Lucha Source, but even in the case of uh, oh, how am I blanking on a Jungle Boy who had the title shot last night uh, on Dynamite. I mean, they've all been raised to a certain level where it's not just some who's this guy that they pulled off the street now that's facing Cody Rhodes. So I think that was ultimately the goal. But long-term, I you know, we can't expect Hangman and, and Omega to be that team. And you're going to see guys like FTR, and you're going to see, you know, the uh, Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks are going to put on tremendous matches for those very tag team titles, and they're going to be main event quality. And it's, you know, overall, the company's going to be better for the little sidestep they took, I think, in the long run. But, you know, the long run is not to see uh, guys like Hangman and Omega to be the champs.
1: But it is also one of those things where – you you kept mentioning teams that are coming up. When I look at, and and taking it for what it's truly worth, when I look at AEW's tag team division, it's a heck of a lot more solid than WWE's. And I'm not knocking, and we will talk about WWE's tag team division here and the issues that they have. But when (laughs) I look at AEW's, I see true tag teams. And I look at it from the stance of, you know, let's just face it. We always go back to history here. When we think of tag teams back in the day, there weren't a lot outside of Excuse me. I mean, Money Inc. was a tag team, but it was truly IRS and Ted DiBiase. But when you start talking about the Freebirds, the Rockers, Legion of Doom, uh, the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation, you, the uh, what was it? The Yellow Jackets, the Stingers. What were their oh, names?
0: No, the uh, the uh, oh goodness gracious, the um, they were Jim Brazil, and yeah, uh, Reed, Brian Bell, or the Killer Bees, the, the Killer, Killer Bees. Bees. Where, there you we know, go.
1: <laughs> I had to dig in the crates for that one. I just remember Woo! as a
0: kid. No, them... that was a good one. I can't believe that it took me that long when to they, uh, answer that
1: for you. When they would get when you know they would get the heat, they'd go under the ring, they throw on these yellow masks, and then they hop back yes. into the ring and go for the win. But when you talk of tag teams, you think of that in terms of the scenario, and I get it. There's been an evolution of it. It has evolved where you know you've seen teams like Rated RKO that has come about where there's no, <laughs> there was nothing there. There was nothing that was the the mesh there we actually saw we watched the big show go from jericho to show miz where he was <laughs> we watched the
0: tag team well and the, you saw jericho go from rated y2j to jericho exactly. it was like well, transition started with edge and jericho that ended with big show and miz and even
1: you know arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time were just simply edge and christian that's really all they were uh it, it is one of those things Oof. that
0: they were storyline brothers at least, so you had that reasoning for them to be together. It wasn't just two singles guys thrown together, did, did they even get though a, they weren't actually brothers. Did
1: they get a divorce as brothers? Because that storyline literally dissolved away the minute they uh, separated. Actually, the minute they got with the brood and Gangrel, they kind of— well,
0: well, no, they always called. They were caught until they uh, originally actually split once they were both major singles guys. I'm going to say during the alliance storyline— that they did that, and after that was kind of when they went away from referring to them as brothers. But well, before, all the way that th- when they in their heyday as a tag team, winning all those tag team straps, they were brothers. No, they were not, and was. I will debate
1: that. We'll talk about that one later because I'll debate that All right, that we'll one go later. on
0: the network and watch. We'll find I, out.
1: And I can tell you that did not go on the entire time. But I say that to say it is interesting to watch as FTR does just that, though. Go there and, and point that out, that they are not a true – In my opinion, a true tag team, and it is one of those things that I guess when I look at the tag team division, when I look at tag teams, and particularly when I look at teams that have that cohesion, and don't get me wrong, I love watching Hangman and and Omega, particularly the movesets that they put together. It is amazing. It's masterful to watch it, but it is also one of those things that when you're looking at it, it is kind of, you know, this is kind of doomed for failure, so I can't Fall in love with them, much like how we've I fell in love with FTR because when they were the revival in WWE, it took me back to the old days of the Brainbusters. It took me oh, back yeah. to the old days of the old school wrestlers. We even talked about it right mm-hmm. here on this show, as the expectation was that they would go over to uh, uh why am I drawing? NWA. A NWA. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, they would. I was trying to say NWO in my head. I'm like, no, it's not right. They were. They would go over it's to alive. NWA because they look like such a throwback team, and maybe sure. that's what I miss. Is I miss the look of a throwback team. Even as I was just looking over some highlights here uh, before we came on the show, I'm a fan of Breezango because at least they look like a tag team. <laughs> they look like a team that's together. But when I'm looking at Omega and Paige I'm like. I'm kind of missing something.
0: Sure. No, I, I for me. For me, a true tag, a tag team that's going to be legit and going to be together for the long run, you love a team name, but sometimes you don't always get that. But at least, you know, have a tire that looks similar and, and come out together with a similar theme. And usually, you know, what I used to hate was like in this, you know, I, I think they eventually merged their theme songs together, but you mentioned Rated uh, RKO. I think to begin with, they just came out to Edge's theme. That that drives me nuts when a tag team gets formed and they just come out to the bigger stars theme song. It's like, like, give me if you want to commit to a team, even if it's just for six months. Let's commit to them. Look at Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. The Air Boom name, stupid beyond belief. But at least they had a team name. They matched and they had a separate theme song. You get my point. I hear them coming. But then I think later the next year, Evan Bourne had either left the company or was hurt. I forget what the problem was. Suspended for drug abuse more than likely Kofi Kingston ends up teaming up with R-Truth and what did they do with them they were just Kofi Kingston and R-Truth nothing nothing different no nothing special and to me it's like you've got to find a way to like merge the teams to where you know the the two guys that it you know they truly are a team even with Kane and the Undertaker you know you had the storyline Brothers of Destruction no they didn't look the same because their characters were so different but they found ways to work Kane's like that that initial little organ sound at the beginning of his theme song into the gong of the Undertaker and the Undertaker song hit. You found a way to merge their entire tag team persona to at least make it cool and make it work and make them feel like a tag team. Now, I do Uh, have some
1: good news. As we thought oh. Adam
0: Gillespie had passed out on the bathroom
1: floor from heat exhaustion, he oh. actually is here. Now, Colwell hey. had offered to come and give you mouth-to-mouth
2: if you needed oh, it, Oh, no, thank you. I'm good. I am revived. I had had to step in with g down the hall for just a moment to, to discuss a topic Good. I mean, that oh. flowed over. So you, that over wow. you blew off from. our show
0: for another show. So well, you're no, Dan Matthews. They, <laughs> you leave
1: the show you're working on to go do. You Dan, Dan Matthews joined us
2: last know. week, and I returned during their show, and I returned the favor tonight. I just thought they kicked j Chad out last week.
1: <laughs> Is <laughs> there something yet,
0: I didn't know about John? Did you kick Adam out, and you just didn't tell me? No,
1: uh, Adam just did a Dan Matthews on me. As you know, as you guys know, I work on A to Z with Mark Zeno. Um Mark Zeno is the host. Dan Matthews is the executive producer. I am the board of the engineer. But there are moments where Dan Matthews leaves and goes down the hall and joins Sister Station 680, the fan, with Chuck and Chernoff. And um, Mark Zeno and I are left to our own accords to make things work. So... Obviously, Adam Gillespie did that to us this time, and it's okay. We still love you, road dog.
2: Well, I just returned, like I said, I just returned the favor that they did to us last week, and may do again tonight. Did you take the shirt moment. off? No, I did not take the. Why not? Shirt. You know, why
1: that's is a, it you strip extra for me, but you won't? Sh- well, we are sports extra. That's or extra 106.3? <laughs> <Extra.
0: laughs> this is- right here is why I'm not returning to the studio yet. Why is it you'll strip for me,
2: but not everyone else? No, I'll strip for anybody here. I, I think I think the majority. Almost probably all the on-air staff has probably seen me shirtless, and the behind-the-scenes guys, not so much the salespeople, but everybody over here knows. So why didn't you take your shirt I off when you like joined shirtless. the home
1: team in Hamilton show this morning?
2: <laughs> I would. I, if I was so hot. Trust me, this morning I already I would have loved to when I joined them this morning. But look, I think sometimes when you have these mixed tag team guys with single guys like you have with Omega and Hangman, sometimes you hear one of their musics coming in. And then when they win, if they win, you hear the other guy's music or the guy that got the pin and they set it up so that it's it's vice versa. I don't have a problem with that. I think you're making a lot out of nothing when it comes to whose entrance music or do you have a name for the well, you, official name for the, your, your nitpick?
0: Maybe I am. But at the same time, you know, what me and John were talking about is the fact that you don't. These guys don't ever feel like teams and you especially when you get a short term, you know, merger of two guys just go that just happen to win the tag titles and then they go about their merry way as soon as the title reigns over, especially in WWE when it's like a two or three week thing and it's just for storyline purposes and they move on. I mean, if you're really gonna commit to these guys, do something that makes them feel like one of those traditional tag teams. You know, maybe we're nostalgic, but that's kind of the way I look at it too, is if the, you know, you want a good successful tag team. Make them feel like a team. Well, yeah. I think you're going to get a storyline out of this Hangman and uh, in, in Kenny Omega it's thing. It's just been eventually a longer-term storyline. Where they
2: No, I mean a storyline where eventually, I think it would have already happened if we hadn't had the whole uh, COVID outbreak, but I think we're going to get a storyline where either Hangman and Omega start turning in on each other, or Hangman is kind of the outs with the elite. We kind of saw shades of that begin to happen. Before uh, Stampede. Yeah, before Stampede, and then all this uh, with the COVID and – Hangman had to stay home, and Omega wasn't as around as much. So sure. uh, I think we were going to go that route with them, but we had to you know, adjust due to the circumstances.
1: Well, one of the things we're going to have to adjust to is whatever WWE is doing with their tag team division. Because if you start, Nothing. and I mean you go up and down their roster in the tag team division, it's a joke. If you start with their Raw tag team champions, am I the only one that's tired of whatever the kind of Olympics that they have going on oh. with the Street Profits and the Viking Kings where we've done basketball? We've done bowling, uh, we done golf, we've done axe throwing. I guess at some point in time they'll do beer chugging. I don't know. When are they actually going to wrestle? Yeah, when are they actually going to have a match? And even if you want to go with the logic in this, just... Well, they
2: did wrestle before all this started happening, and the Vikings Raiders uh,
1: beat them in a non-title Correct. Bench. And now, due to COVID-19, I'm going to assume they are social distancing... But they're social well, no, distancing the together. Prophets,
2: the Street Profits uh, wrestled just a couple nights ago. And that's where the, the uh, confusion
1: comes yeah. in on what's going on with their tag team division. Even when you go to to their SmackDown tag team champions, New Day's on the shelf. We haven't seen New Day defend their titles. And it looks like even their women's titles is being set up for some sort of three-way. Sasha Banks, Bailey taking on Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, possibly even taking on the Iconics as they've gone between brands. Is there any rhyme or reason that you guys see, like, or want done with what's going on in WWE? Uh, Adam? I,
2: I don't, I, no, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, we talk about this, uh, it seems like almost every other week. They just aren't getting it right with the tag team division, and they just lost, uh, or not just lost, but a few months ago, just lost a tag team that I really think they could have made great strides with with the um revival and just lost them to aew where aew seems to put effort into their tag team division and storylines although y'all were hating on the the current champions
1: okay first of all if you would have been here when the show started (laughs) now i'm gonna blast you if you'd have been here when the show started you would have heard the precipice of that conversation but instead you're coming in here now you're just poo-pooing as you like to say. you're you're, you're over what? Over a short portion of the show that you heard. Well, yeah, that, so what I heard was what I heard. You're Y'all gonna were poo poo You're going to poo-poo? Y'all over, were poo poo No, you're poo <laughs> Chris, what about you? Trust me, once you have a kid, you'll understand the meaning of poo-poo.
0: Oh no no! I, I'm I'm well aware of that, <laughs> but for me, I mean, you and I have had these conversations. I think on the show before, John. The problem for me with WWE's tag division is there's never ever true focus ever put on it. You're never there's never a commitment to really spotlight it on a level that will make you know. How long did it take for fans to really start buying into the women's revolution? It took probably a year a good year when they really started to push it before fans were fully engaged on, on at least your casual fans that are watching raw and SmackDown, not your diehard NXT fans. You had to really commit to that. I've never seen that level of commitment from WWE for the tag team division, at least when it comes in terms to going back to when they actually cared back in the attitude area. We haven't seen anything since to where they committed enough to the tag division, women's or men's that, the fans realize, okay, they care about it, so maybe we should care about it because it looks like they're in it for the long haul. It's almost like these stop start things where they'll push it for a little while, and then all oh, two months later, you know what, we've lost interest in this, let's not do it. The fans see that, and they basically are like, well, why should I invest my time? And my you know passion as a wrestling fan in something that they clearly don't care about. you know when you make something a true focus you you know you see the women's get, uh, the women's division get the main event pay-per-views you know why can't we have a, a storyline with tag teams that really get pushed and are really over lead to a main event? tag team title match to me I thought that was absolutely possible and AEW may very well pull that off with their tag division down the road because they do put the focus on the division despite the fact they have two singles guys as their tag champs they still put the focus on it so you kind of tend to forget with them being the champs but with WWE there is no focus for the tag division there's no care and therefore nobody else as wrestling fans care about it and to me you know, I've talked about merging the belts for Raw and SmackDown and having one tag division. That won't solve it because I saw it happen before when they put the rosters back together. I almost would just assume CWV throw the tag division away altogether. Yikes. will obviously. Throw in the trash. Well. Like Medusa did the women's title belt. See, you go too far and then you just sound really old
1: at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. Something more needs to be done. There needs to be a solid direction on whatever's going to happen in the tag team division in the WWE. Well, coming up, we'll go over the top rope, and we'll find out, is an impact wrestling champion calling the FBI on Adam Gillespie? You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Ratcliffe, Chris Colwell, and Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, live from Cobb County. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, the Bearded something or other. You can follow us on social media on Extra 106.3 FM. You can also follow me at JohnRad450. And Adam, where can they catch you? I'm sitting right here in the studio. You're, you're going to be that guy today? <laughs> RoadDog680 on
0: Twitter. And Bearded Guy, where can they catch you this week? At bearded Colwell, and we have updated the uh, official sports or the official finished move Twitter accounts now at Russell Extra with the uh, why, yeah. why no did, E on the extra. Why'd you change no it? E X? Oh, because we're now extra 106.3. six three. You're not supposed
1: to point that out. Did you not get the memo from management? Oops. You're not to. You're not supposed to point that stuff out.
0: I guess oh. it's time to go over the. Top. I'll excuse myself now. I guess
1: it's time to go over the top rope what The Rock is cooking. Okay, I know I normally joke and give them a hard time, but Adam, is the FBI looking for you? Because current Impact knockout champion, Jordan Grace, she sat down in an interview and she's threatening to call the FBI for the amount of uh, male appendage pics that she gets in her DMs. She said she's tired as she sat down and did an interview with a uh, Chris Van, ben, I can't ever say his last name, Van Vlid, Vlid I don't know. But she sat Chris down with him. Chris Van his, Yeah, him. He, she sat down with him and she said she's tired of looking into her DMs and getting creepy pictures of men sending her pictures of... Uh... Adam, is FBI no, looking No, this is not you? me. I, uh,
2: I'm not going to tell the FBI where I am right now, maybe for some other issues going oh, on in my life. We're live
1: from Cobb County! <laughs>
2: But no, in this case, uh, this is not me. And you said Jordan Grace. Yes, I'm looking at her uh, right now. Yes, on uh, social media. Yes, and I wouldn't be sending her any. I wouldn't Ooh. be sliding oh. into her DMs, dude.
1: Oh. Awful, harsh. Not your type. No, now what happened?
0: Now you're gonna get. Now you're gonna get the, the Twitter uh, messages from fans that are gonna be giving you hate mail. That was really, really insensitive, sir. No, we all have our type, and she's not mine. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. I just asked, is it your type? Look, don't get offended, Chris. That's not you sending her DMs. Your wife would not like that, would you? <laughs> no, I, if, if that was me doing that, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. Look, it, it, it's a horrible thing.
1: And I know, Adam, Adam, have you sent pictures of your appendage to other women in WWE that you're attracted to? No, not to in
2: WWE. To? AEW? I'm <laughs> not in AEW.
1: New Japan? <laughs> All right, you might want to stop here. No, I'm, now I want to get to the bottom of this because I want to know if we're going to be missing the third member of our team for 25 minutes. SHW? It's just one of those questions that you want to know. Danny?
0: Hey oh, Danny.
1: gosh. Oh, no. That one might actually be real. That that. Oh, no. This, this is, you just broke kayfabe completely. Uh, AEW. <laughs> Tony Khan. He put, sent out a scathing tweet. And he got very real with it. You didn't feel like it was kind of harsh? <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. Okay, so let Adam, who is a huge Hulk Hogan fan, if you've been a longtime listener of The Finishing Move, you know, Adam and I have had our longstanding debates. Adam is actually has a life-size cutout of Hulk Hogan. Well, Tony Khan sent out a tweet as his ex wife Linda. She took to social media talking about everything that's going on in the world with the rioting and things of that nature and ultimately sent out what Mr. Khan felt like was a bit of a uh, how should I describe it? Cross the line. Cross the line, the thank line. you. Cross the line with her tweet and then replied by basically sending out the tweet and saying that uh, you now join your husband in being banned from all AEW shows. Congratulations. And what she wrote was watching the looting. It's all
2: African-Americans. Not sure how robbing and stealing se- uh, Stealing set the record straight, but if they want to be heard, they need to be civil. Now, this is stupid. There's no reason to tweet that. No reason to get involved. And, and we know that AEW is a very open and very, um, I don't know, uh, liberal's not the right word, but very open. Uh, feder- uh, inclusive. You know, inclusive. There we go. Very inclusive. We obviously can uh, put... One to one together here to understand that Hogan is banned due to the audio that was leaked of him uh, using the N-word repeatedly over and over. Uh, We assume that's why he was banned. I don't know why else he would be banned unless him and Dusty Rhodes had a strange relationship and Cody's holding a grudge. Uh, But we assume that's why. And, you know, I don't know. Did Hulk Hogan even know he was probably banned from AEW? I, I doubt it.
0: Does Hulk Hogan even know there's an AEW at this point in his life? I mean, took a lot of shots to the head, you know, back in his early days of his career. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm with you, Adam. That's an incredibly stupid comment to make right now, especially when, let's be honest. Well, not just right now, but period. Uh, Yeah, okay. But who, honestly, who really cares what Linda Hogan or whatever her name is now It has to say about anything. This is just, you know, a somewhat celebrity out there who thinks her opinion really matters and is going to make a comment on this when in reality, she's only mildly a little bit of any kind of notoriety because of her husband and because of that reality show. Let's be honest. What she said, really dumb. Nobody needed to hear it like she's ever going to go to an AEW show. But that just is another way for Tony Khan to step up and say, you know what? By the way, we're not allowing this at our wrestling shows. And I
1: congratulate Tony for that uh, I effort. Look, I give him kudos for it. I mean, we, we've talked about it in depth here on uh, Extra 106.3 as well as over on 680 in terms of the events that have transpired. Um, she definitely crossed the line, and I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. It was a tweet that just didn't need to go out. Sometimes I think Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves recently sent out a tweet that said, I have nothing to say. Sometimes, Yeah, that's but okay. I wonder
2: if having nothing to say right now is, is almost just as bad. But that's a whole different topic for another different another That's a different time. show. But I I, but I I
1: think her going down this road and just saying what she said at this point in time, it was very insensitive. And I think it is one of the scenarios of understand the name that you, as her Twitter handle does still say, Linda Hogan. So we know who you ultimately are linked to. And there are people who are still very... Adam, you and I have had very long in-depth conversations about it where, for me, I have moved on from the comments that Hulk Hogan has made. Ultimately, if that's the way you feel, so be it. Fine. I I don't have to forgive it. I don't have to forget about it. It is one of those things I also don't have to want to see you on my TV. If Tony Khan comes out and says, Hogan, I'm still hanging on that way, and he has a much larger platform than I do, where he can then say... You can't come to our event, even if you ever wanted to. He has that right. It's a, He can say that. And if people feel like it's harsh, so be it. I'm willing to bet. Tony Khan will probably send out a few more tweets to say, you don't have to come either. I just believe
2: in a road to forgiveness and, and redemption. And if Hogan has done things to qualify for that since that tape was leaked, I think he should what be. What did he do? I'm asking, Honestly. What's that? What did he do for a road to redemption?
1: Well, I'm asking. I don't know the answer to that.
2: Well, I know he's worked with uh, charities. I know he's done a lot of stuff. He w- uh, spoke with the YMCA uh, after all that came out. He obviously lost income. So he was uh, when he was fired by the WWE. So he was punished, I guess, in a way, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, not that that, you know, excuses what he did. But I do think he's came in. Ap- he's apologized in person to the wwe locker room uh and you know it's up to all those individuals to accept that apology we're kind of seeing that happen right now today with jake Fromm. there are definitely some who have accepted his apology and there are some that don't seem to be so acceptive of his apology uh you know it's i don't and, and and plus i think your actions speak for you and even in the drew Brees case maybe some maybe you know Actions that Hogan has done throughout his whole life have said, no, that's not who he is. With the Make-A-Wish Foundation, with Booker T saying that he was one of the main components
1: in helping his career. Now, keep in mind, and being fair to me, because that's the only person we can only speak to, John and Adam, in this scenario. We won't speak for group mass groups. I've never declared Hulk Hogan anything other than a person who, may, who said a word that, your apology, I can forgive. But also at the same time, if I make the choice, am I wrong for making the choice to say, "Eh, "I want to distance myself from it for a little bit"?
2: No, I'm completely fine with that. And and I don't. And I fall under the philosophy of a lot of times you forgive. I think we should, as Christians, you never forget. Yeah, as Christians, you're supposed to forgive, but you don't forget. And I have lived that uh, life with some of my own family, where I have forgiven things, but I have not forgotten. And it's not that, like, I throw it up to them or whatever every time when we're around, but I do wonder. I do keep it in the back of my mind, and I say, if I see things going back in that direction,
1: then I need to get away from that in nothing, my life. Nothing wrong whatsoever, and it falls into the same category. Speaking of forgetting, <laughs> evidently WWE must have forgotten where we punked. Frank Maverick was fired, but I guess he's now given a contract where we just punked by the WWE on a long work that ultimately as he went through the Cruiserweight division tournament, he got to the finals, lost. At the end of NXT, he came out. Triple H came out
0: presented him with a contract. Did we all just get pumped? And most importantly, do we care? I don't think we got punked at all. I think what happened is he created such a buzz for himself after he got released and he had that video that went viral uh, through YouTube and Facebook and, and Twitter land that, I mean, ultimately a lot of fans kind of rallied behind him just because he was so emotional in that. And the fact that he still was booked, and he. I mean, I think he proved himself to a point where WWE, I mean, maybe they offered him, Maybe they gave him a little less money and he took it. I don't know how that worked out or if they just decided at a point, you know what, maybe this is a guy we should hold on to because he's earned it. But I don't I, honestly, I see it as it, it worked out to kind of turned into a work as the events kind of played out after he was initially released. Well, they definitely made it into
2: part of the storyline after the fact and, you know, working towards the contract, winning a match. will he went tonight to continue on. In the tournament where we worked, no, I don't think so. Uh, uh, you know, I think what happened was he was under a WWE contract, and I know that some of us say that NXT is is on the same level as the as SmackDown and Raw and WWE, but they're not. And they are, they're, but they're not. And so he was released from his WWE contract, and he was then re-signed to an NXT contract where the cruiserweight division is at probably a lower price than he was making with the main roster, and, uh, and there we have it. I, and we're seeing some potential for some other superstars now, rumors come that they may be brought back at a lower price than they were probably signed at before, and whether that's on NXT or the main
1: roster, we'll see. Sounds like you two have some issues about this debate on whether or not NXT and the main roster are the same.
0: I mean, I think we can look at it now with NXT having a major TV deal that they're on an equal level. As Raw and SmackDown.
2: Well, impact is, I mean, that's that, so what? They have an extra.
0: They have. They're on TV. That doesn't mean in the same that time slot thing. that SmackDown has on Fridays in the same t- same time slot that Raw has on Mondays. What's and on the same time slot have to do it's with
2: Yeah, because they have a deal with USA and NBC Universal. That <laughs> doesn't mean But if they were on anything. the same level,
0: they would be on like eleven o'clock on some random. You know, it would be Impact on Access TV at I, eight o'clock. The fact on that you're
2: basing it on the time slot and the channel is is this. I bet argument you take over shows
0: of. on the WWE Network get pretty close to the same amount of views as your monthly pay-per-views. I'm not disagreeing with that. Then how does that not
2: put them on equal ground? They can have a groundswell of fandom. I mean, NXT, you know, routinely gets talked about better than WWE pay-per-views. But WWE is the main roster, and NXT is not the main roster yet. It's the developmental territory. It's the third for, brand. It's the developmental territory where they go and train their NXT superstars. That's why even as of last week,
0: when Matt Riddle got called up, it was called called up. He got called over to SmackDown. He got relocated. It
1: is still an an intriguing debate that I think we'll continue to have for some time because when I look at it, it is still developmental. It just so happens that they're able to move superstars between brands not between brands, but down a brand to help promote and help bring up. I think Rhea Ripley, it served her well for whatever reason that she lost to Charlotte Flair, that it was one of the reasons why that move was able to happen. And we've seen it since its its inception, whether it be Natalia Neihardt, Cesaro. We've seen a multitude of different superstars who have gone down, whether they needed to retrain or whether they've come back or whether it was going down there to help develop other superstars. And I think that's the key to it is beyond just the fact of, Putting it out there, and we talked about it when AEW first started, where it was the scenario of we don't know who they are. They're able. WWE has the luxury of able of the ability of taking a superstar, bringing them down to help develop, to help bring up. It's what we would have probably have seen if it existed. Back when the big show first came about and he was put with The Undertaker, he was ta- he was put with a tag team to him to learn more about the business. I think that's what they're seeing. So I think it is still a developmental brand. It's just a developmental brand that does better than FCW or OVW ever did combined. And if you want to use the silliness that you're bringing as arguments, oh. why don't you say, well, why
2: don't they have 12 pay-per-views a year only having, uh, you know, four to five or six? Why don't, their pay-per-views are cut in half. Why don't they tour like WWE? They don't. They do in, have and, tours, and their And their Wednesday night show that you're harping on so and, and lauding so loudly, it stays in one place. It doesn't tour around the country every Wednesday night. It's in Full Sail University every Wednesday night. It and it's not very on true. the same level as WWE.
0: That's very true what you say about them not touring yet with, with the weekly show. But there were plans... You heard rumblings that there were plans to take it on the road before COVID hit, so okay, well, we don't we'll know see. what we'll was see.
2: going to happen. But as of right now, that's not the case. So
0: we can't, we want, can't argue,
2: well, if. We can't do, <laughs> well, they, if. Right.
0: I don't think they well would have NXT dominate the Survivor Series pay-per-view if they weren't trying to make NXT seen as the third because brand. Because they're
2: trying to promote that brand.
0: I understand that but that and by promoting that brand, it, you elevated that it that brand
2: is constantly losing to AEW only 15,000 fans last night. Yeah, on, last night, but we're let's talk about some other weeks. It's it's consistently it's only beaten AEW like maybe a handful of times the whole time it's even been on uh That's head to head generous. with
1: AEW.
2: That's being generous saying a handful. Yeah, uh, look, I'm not sliding <laughs> I- NXT. I do enjoy the product. I'm not downgrading it by saying it's not the main roster. I'm just calling it what it is. I, I still enjoy the product. I still watch it. I still think And I agree that there are definitely NXT takeovers that are much better than some of the regular pay-per-views. But it's just not – it's the
0: developmental property right now. I think it's morphed into more than that, but we're going to agree to disagree from this point.
1: Well, as we can see, one of the women's champions for NXT is Charlotte Flair. Now, Charlotte Flair, we've basically seen her on every show. She kind of moves around. Is there a concern by you guys that Charlotte Flair might be – overbooked, and we might get tired of seeing the Nature Boy's wife, I guess they call it wife, daughter. Daughter.
0: Sorry, Freudian slip. Whoa, what are you talking about?
1: Freudian slip, sorry. Good grief. You're making allegations, sir. I didn't make an allegation. Now you're over-exaggerating. But the Nature Boy's daughter, is there a concern that we might see her overbooked, Chris, and we might get tired of her? I mean, didn't some people actually at one point in time become tired of seeing John Cena? Well,
0: yeah, but we've been, we said it. I, I want to say after, you know, we kind of figured out that Becky Lynch become the major star on Raw. It was kind of like I think you and I had the conversation. Maybe Charlotte could actually use a break, you know, and t- be, you know take a break from TV and give her character a little bit of a breath of fresh air when she comes back. Yet they never did that, and now they're you're, they're putting that was on one show a week. Now they're putting her on two to three every week. Yeah, she's in risk of being overexposed, and that's why I think her run as NXT champion and women's champion is not a long long-term situation, and I would easily see her losing that on Sunday. But, uh, you know, they really need to be careful with that because with Becky gone, to me, she's the biggest women's star in the company, and you don't want it to the point where fans don't want to watch her at all. You you know, maybe she's not the most popular women's wrestler right now, but either way, fans still kind of notice when she's around. I agree that she is probably the biggest star, although I think – Asuka
2: has started to catch some fire over the last couple months uh, or a month or so. As long as Nia Jax doesn't hurt her. As long as she doesn't get hurt. <laughs> and, uh, and if Ronda, if they could get Ronda back, which maybe they're going to put more effort into with Becky out, uh, who knows, just to help fill that spot, she would instantly, I think, become the biggest star in the women's division. But I'm not too worried about her getting overexposed because what she does is good. I don't think what John Cena did every weekend and week out and every pay-per-view was was that great? Uh, I enjoy mm. Charlotte Flair's matches. Now I'm not a John Cena fan. I know uh, Colwell and yeah, I have had no that doubt. discussion over the years, <laughs> uh, but you know, so I don't think. I, yes, you do run that that case of overexposing her, or even with Roman Reigns. I think he was shoved down our throats so much mm. uh, for the last uh, two years or three years uh, that we all, that's part of why he wasn't getting over for so long. But I think Charlotte is good, and she can keep it fresh.
1: And if, if she's getting fresh opponents on each show, I think that really helps her. I think it also helps her, the fact that Charlotte's not half bad on the mic. John Cena, he was good on the mic. One of the things, and I think I feel like it's two parts for Roman Reigns that we ran into, was number one, that that, mic. they were always <laughs> off with the timing with Roman Reigns. It was, let's put Batista over. Roman Reigns was one. The timing was off. And then number two, you just nailed it, Adam. It's a bad mic guy. Charlotte's good on the mic. Charlotte is entertaining. It's even just that moment of just, I I, I go to the character of the arrogance with the smile and the, the grace that she has, much like her father. It is one of those moments of you love the arrogance, but you hate the arrogance all at the same time. Another angle that has come about, and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this, was Jeff Hardy's latest angle. Now we know Jeff Hardy has had a long substance and drug and alcohol abuse issue throughout the years. And, Ultimately, it looks like WWE is trying to revitalize it and reuse it again. Now we saw it when he took when he battled CM Punk in a the storyline there, and CM Punk was the straight edge superstar. Well, now there seems like WWE is going back to the well on that again. Adam, are you a fan of them going back as we saw on SmackDown this hit and run storyline and possible drunk driving from Jeff Hardy storyline that has come about?
2: You know, I hate seeing things like this made light of, and I. This is a real life thing for Jeff Hardy. A real
1: problem in addiction.
2: Yeah. And so now I understand he probably had to sign off on giving them the okay to kind of go down this lane with this storyline. Uh, but we kind of saw it. We've seen it before with WWE with Scott Hall and uh, Steve Austin and Jake Roberts. When he Legion was battling of Doom. his Yeah, battling his dame, demons. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of it. I wish they would kind of stay away from it. Let this guy work through his own issues without having to put it on display for everyone in the nation to kind of make fun of or or gawk at.
0: No, I abs- yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's, it's poor taste and it's just not a good idea because, you know, the worst part for someone that has had those substance abuse problems is, you know, you're only one step away from being right back there. I mean, one fall off the wagon and you're finding yourself in that situation once again. And, you know, just being in the environment where, you know, okay, maybe they, make it look like he's actually getting drunk, but he's really not. But just that thought in their head makes them, you know, makes someone that has that battled with that, that makes them want that, even though they battled so hard to not want that and to stay away from that. It's just an unnecessary situation to put somebody in and to make light of that and to bring up some already bad memories from situations of, of the past that have occurred because of these issues. It's You could come up with something better than that. It, to me, that's low-hanging fruit for Storyline for someone like Jeff Hardy for WWE, as you would say, John, uncreative to come up with when there's something you could come up with better than that that isn't going to make light of something such as this.
1: And I think it, you know, it. What makes it even worse, obviously, Jeff Hardy has a family and two of which are very public figures, his brother being uh, Matt Hardy on AEW and his sister-in-law, Matt Hardy's wife, Reby Sky. They both even took to social media about this. Matt Hardy basically taking a shot, saying, I'm very happy here at AEW, and Reby, Reby Sky going and saying, I'm turning my TV off. I think it's deplorable. I think it's despicable at the fact that uh, – they're just number one. It's an old storyline that you used before. I think CM Punk did a did a great job with the way they worked that program and CM Punk respect to, you know, the lifestyle that he's chosen, the straight edge lifestyle. For those of you who didn't know, that's why he wore the X's on uh the tape on his hands because he had that straight edge lifestyle, no drugs, no alcohol. So it is one of those things that even now he's come out and he hasn't even been a big fan Uh, of it in terms of it I think WWE uncreative needs to come up with something and I hope that it's not a scenario where Jeff Hardy I think wanted one more run with WWE wherever it might go wherever it might take him and inevitably for him to get it we had to kind of give you got to give to get and if you want it this is the storyline this is the angle that we want to go with now one more storyline I want to touch on before we go to break I talked about it a few minutes ago Nia Jax It seems like Nia Jax might be the reason, one of the reasons, we might never see the buckle bomb. (laughs) Crowd noise. One of the reasons we might never see the uh, proverbial buckle bomb ever again. Now, we've seen Seth Rollins use the buckle bomb, and on two different occasions, whether it be Finn Balor or whether it was Sting, we know that it caused injuries and There's a myriad of different angles that you can look at it from, whether it be the receiver or it was delivered incorrectly. But Nia Jax seems to be putting people, almost putting people on the shelf with some of it. Is it time to send Nia Jax, Chris, I know you don't agree with it, but this is the best way I can describe it. Is it time to send her back down to NXT and work on her craft a little bit more? Or is it even time to just cut cut bait with Nia Jackson? You know what? You've been here long enough. This might not work.
0: That's an extreme measure to go to to get rid of her altogether. I think, I think the right move was made in just getting rid of the move itself. Because when you look at it, I mean, Seth Rollins injuring you know, Finn Balor and Sting famously with that move. And it, to me, it's just like it's like when the Tombstone Piledriver went through a ban there for a while, and back in I think the early two thousands, because people were getting stingers off of it. If people are getting hurt, and it doesn't necessarily matter who's delivering the move that's probably not a move that people need to be doing. So I think that's a smart idea. Maybe Nia Jax could have used a, a run a rerun back down in NXT just to kind of, you know, she's been injured off and on for the last few years. So, you know, ring rust does become an issue. But, I mean, yeah, you don't want somebody that's going to be sitting there hurting people, uh, you know. And I think it's one of these situations where, yes, yeah, she, okay, she, she famously broke Becky Lynch's nose and now she has injured uh, Kari Sane do you give her another shot to prove that, okay, you know, she's not going to be that kind of a roughhouse kind of wrestler? Or, it, you know, do you need to go ahead and jump at it and send her to NXT? Maybe you do need to go for the NXT route, but, you know, I could also see them giving her another, you know, letting her kind of work it out as she goes. Adam, is it time I, to send her away? I don't
2: think they can afford to send her away right now, even if they wanted yeah, to. I, agree I think with they need her on the on the Raw roster. I'll call it the raw roster instead of the main roster for now. Thank you. But um oh, well, sounds it, like there's some animosity still there. But well it's still well NXT is still the developmental territory. I just don't want to no, go down that not. road again. But I mean, you just called it that yourself because you just said send her to NXT to get some training and work, but okay. Um what we what I think they need her on the raw roster right now. Uh, she I enjoy her as a, a big heel. She is a good heel and she's needed. But you have to call uh, her a big heel. <laughs>
1: That's just inappropriate. There's no need for that.
2: But she is – Gosh. But, you know, she just needs to be a little safer with some of her moves. Maybe that that move is just a dangerous move, and it's okay to just ban that move like they have done with some other ones. Like um, I think it was Colwell that just said – the tombstone was banned for a little bit. The or curb stomp was taken out for curb a little while. Was bom- uh, another Seth move. Another by Seth Rollins <laughs> move <laughs> was was banned for a little bit. So yeah, just I mean, and plus it's a move that ended Sting's career as of now. Uh, so I'm going to hold that against Seth for a very long time, if not forever. <laughs> now wait, but, what
1: about the road to redemption and forgiveness?
2: <laughs> I've forgiven him, but I haven't forgotten
1: <laughs> that I'm never going to get my Sting Undertaker match. But
0: it's uh, you, you didn't need to get it anymore anyway. Watch the two guys wrestle now. But it's it is, not- uh, you know, no, I
2: think they need to keep her on the raw roster and let her go, just get rid of the move. Uh, I, I agree also with Colwell that there may just be some ring rust in there. And plus, I, I can imagine that move is hard to do if you get a bigger person that you're trying to now uh, buckle bomb, uh, pick up and slam into the ropes. It can be hard to do.
1: Well, and you're right. That's the one thing I thought about is I think it is something that should be banned. And part of it being because, you to your point, You're ultimately putting a person in front of your face and it's depth perception. I think what we saw from Nia Jax was she was was too far away from the turnbuckle and Carrie Zane hit the middle turnbuckle where we've seen Seth, I think part of it with Sting was he was too close and there wasn't enough for Sting to brace himself. So it is one of those moves that maybe it just needs to be Uh, put on the shelf for a little while and crafted on. But I think Nia Jax possibly could have used some time even to develop back at NXT. And I know she's needed. I get it. I understand it. But I think she could have used some time down there a little bit more to knock off the ring rust. Well, coming up, it's time for the go-home portion of the show. And like we do every week, I'm almost willing to bet that Chris Colwell is going to overthink something that is very simple just for a very simple answer. We'll do that, and we'll get ready to take you home here on The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3 FM.
0: Go home! That's
2: your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me!
1: Welcome back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County on Extra 106.3 FM. Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell, Adam Rodol-Galeski. Gillespie. is time for the go-home portion of the show. Now, I'd like to say that I came up with this one, but I actually saw this one on Twitter, Where uh, Fox Smackdown tweeted out your top five female WWE, WWF superstars of all time. And I put WWE, WWF because, well, Chris Colwell is very detailed. And if I say WWE, he'll say, okay, well, what about WWF? And can we not have anyone from WWF? And Adam's laughing at me, but he knows that I'm right. So I'm thinking, did I make this simple enough? Is there any other guidelines I need to cover?
0: Oh, well, you didn't specify whether or not it was a female wrestler or a female female. superstar. No, no, no. No, a female wrestler or superstar. Could it have been a manager, an on-air personality, or are we just saying in-ring wrestlers that competed for the women's divas, whatever title?
1: Do you have a... Female on personality that's in your top five. Is Renee Young in your top five? I'm like, Who's
2: who? Is there anyone there in your top five from that point? But I get to his point, he could say, "Is Miss Elizabeth in your top Thank five? Thank you. Now Sherry Martel, Now she did wrestle. She at did one point, wrestle, but Miss Elizabeth did not. Uh, um,
1: I, okay, I thought when I said superstars, maybe sunny. It, it did open it. Leave it at wrestlers. So forgive me that I put. I I didn't make that – now I know to be a little more detailed. But, Chris, you go first if you have Renee Young at number one.
0: I do not have Renee Young at number one. The reason why I brought that up is because somebody that I saw as a better personality as a manager or on-screen character versus what she did in the ring is going to be higher on my list. So I would throw in my top five and AJ Lee, if we're talking about personalities, I'm not putting her in my top five, but she's just based on her wrestling because I didn't think she was good enough for that. But for me, AJ Lee would definitely be in there if we're talking about broader picture here. So are we? Have a confirmed We that?
1: are going just wrestlers. In-ring just competitors. Wrestlers. That's why okay. I put superstars. Next time I'll be a little more
0: detailed with Mr. Cole. Okay. Would you like me to start then? I'll go with Well, it. I All did right. say that part. You did say that part. I will give you that. See how I All get right. frustrated every week now? Do you understand why? <laughs>
1: but I knew this would happen. And honestly, when I was typing this out, I'm like, okay, I put WWE. Nope, I better put WWF because then he's going to tell me something like, <laughs> you know, Alundra Blaze, she was in the WWE era. Well,
2: WWE now that, owns WCW, so could we that, use superstars from don't, WCW? Don't you, start.
1: don't you start. I'm the only board up here. I'll walk out and leave Ooh. this thing running. Go, Chris. You're first.
0: <laughs> All right. We're going to go Trish Stratus. Is that Lita, Not necessarily in any order. Okay. Tr- any order. Trish, Lita, Molly Holly, oh Charlotte God. Flair, Becky Lynch. Your
1: list is now irrelevant by having Molly Holly on there. <laughs> <Hey>.
0: <laughs> Adam, you're next.
2: I'm going to do the same thing, no order, but uh, Charlotte Flair. I'm going to put uh, Sherry Martell in there because of her career at, as a wrestler and a manager. Uh, I put Trish Stratus. Um, I can only think of her real name now. Amy Dunas, Lita. 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 Uh, and then number five. Man, I really want to put Becky in there, but I don't think two hot years gives you a top five status all time. Uh, so number five. I know one person is going to hate this, but the, the
1: one Bella. Nikki Bella? Nikki. Oh, really? Controversial. All right. uh, We're going to be consistent on some of our top five. It seems like the one out that it's going to be because I'm with you guys. Uh, Trish Stratus, uh, Lita, Charlotte Flair. Uh, I am going to add in there one of the changes that I'll probably put in there is I'm going to go with Mickey James. Yeah, I can see that. And another one in there that is going to be a little bit different
0: from you guys. Uh, Not your wife, Chris. Victoria. I was a big fan of Victorias as well back in the day, so that yeah, that's a good one. I did see on Twitter where I saw where you got this
2: question from earlier, and I saw that Oscar answered the question, and her one through five was Oscar, 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 Oscar.
1: Well, I mean, that's let's great. be honest; it, it would be like if we asked Adam, "Who's your favorite Dicky Broadcasting employee?" Adam, Road Dogg, Gillespie, Adam Road Dogg- Gillespie, Adam Gillespie would be <laughs> your, would be your top five.
0: Or top five WWF wrestlers of all time. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, Terry Bollea, uh, Thunder Lips, and some other persona. Oh, good grief. Uh, Mr. America. Wasn't Hulk he Hogan. Mr. America? Yes, he Mr. was. Mr.
1: America. <laughs> Mr. America. You're exactly right. That'd be the other one. Uh, so we haven't done this in a while, but we <laughs> have to make our predictions as on, what is it? Sunday? Sunday. Yes. Sunday. Sunday. We'll be WWE NXT in the house takeover. In
0: your house.
1: Yeah, I'm not coming to your house, though. Uh, in your house takeover. Do you, have you ever noticed that
2: the the NXT pay per views are a lot shorter than the WWE pay per views? Yes. It's yeah, I don't really I wonder if that's because maybe they're not considered a full oh. on the level of WWE. I mean, I well, just thrown that out there. But maybe ahead. they're
0: smart because it's two hours and it's actually good two hours and not three hours of excruciating pain. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm gonna start from the bottom here. Uh, the six woman tag match. Mia Yim. Blackheart and Knox taking on Candice LeRae, Dakota
0: Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Well done. I'm going to go uh, Mia Yim and Blackheart and Knox to win this based on the, uh, the Mia Yim and Candice LeRae storyline that's been going on. Time for uh, Mia Yim to get a win.
1: Same, yeah, Mia Yim. That, Same group, here. that side. Uh, Keith Lee taking on Johnny Gargano singles match for the NXT North American Championship. I he, want Keith Lee
0: if- to keep it. Okay, I can see that, but I, I'm going to go with Gargano here because the Gargano NXT will continue on here, his image of NXT. I think Johnny's going to steal the title here.
1: I, I'm going with Adam on this one. I want Keith Lee to retain the title, and I think he will. Adam Cole, uh, taking on the Velveteen Dream. This is a last-chance backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. Dream loses. He can no longer challenge for the NXT championship while Cole still has it, who has had it for a record setting. We're over 365 days. I just don't know the exact number anymore, but it's been over a year.
0: God, God that Adam tough. Cole yeah. retaining the title here myself. Go ahead, John.
1: Uh, I'm going Velveteen Dream on this one. You think he's
2: finally going to get it? Yeah. I, I would love I, – I wanted Cole to lose it. Uh, what was that, the the takeover Takeover. that we didn't get so that he could come up on the main roster. I'm ready for him on the uh, Raw or SmackDown roster. Uh, So I want Velvet Team
1: Dream. I think just since they've been playing up this 365 days thing so long that we now know the number. We know where the number is, and I think they just move on from there. Uh, Finn Balor taking on Damian Priest in a singles match. Adam, who you got? Balor. Colwell.
0: I'm gonna go Finn Balor as well. Then we're all in agreement.
1: Then Balor, uh, Tommaso Champa taking on Karrion Cross with Scarlet in a singles match. Colewell, who you got?
0: I'm going Karrion Cross here. Rudolph
2: Cross's big debut on a Takeover. You got to give him the win. I'm Although with, I like Champa.
1: I'm going with Cross on this one as well, particularly knowing that Champa said he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be called up to the main roster because he didn't like all the travel. He wants to stay on NXT, and I think he's okay with even working. They don't travel as much, NXT, you mean, as the main roster? Nobody's really traveling at all
0: right now.
2: If they were on level footing, you'd think they'd be right out there traveling. I guess so. Uh,
1: And the last match, it is a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Chris Colwell, who you got?
0: I've got Io Shirai winning and taking the belt back, or taking the belt for the first time.
2: Adam, I think uh, they need Charlotte back on the Raw roster with the departure of Becky. So she is losing, and uh, Ripley is
1: getting it back. I agree. I think it's going back to Rhea Ripley. I I think we all were a little bit shocked when Charlotte won, and I think in this one, we even heard rumors of a wide array of different reasons why Rhea Ripley lost. So I think she's going to win it back, and I think you're right. They need Charlotte back up on the main roster, and I think we might even see her on the red brand. Well, that's it for the finishing move on Extra 106.3 FM. We are all together again. Uh, I don't know if Adam and Colwell still like each other because, you know, uh, Colwell seems to believe that NXT is on the same level as the other two, and I tend to agree with Adam on that one. So, for my tag team partners, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, I'm Big John Radcliffe. You've been listening to the finishing move on Extra 106.3 live from Com County. Be nice to each other. Play nice. Be kind to each other. We'll talk to you guys next week. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Later, Chris.